reading this morning, and the scripture this morning is from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look at a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. How often have you had something stuck in your eye? Maybe something has flown up while you're working outside. I'm sure Chuck and all the woodworking he's done has had stuff fly into his face. Uh, maybe you're out doing yard work and you forget sometimes to put on those nerdy little safety glasses as you're out trimming and something flies in your face and then you realize, oh, I know where those things are right now. But one of the more common ones I was familiar with uh, last year was doing going outside and either riding or or jogging for a little bit of time I did that and sometimes the sweat would come down and get over your sunglasses and you have to take it off so you can see and I advise you to be very careful when you're doing that that you're not running while you're trying to do that because you'll end up on the ground or while you're riding you may have the same thing but there's a lot of things in life to impair your vision something may fly into your eye something may hit you on your leg if you're out like I said before, if you're out mowing or doing some trimming, you don't have on the proper clothing and something's going to hit you, it's going to harm you. And having something in your eye that's going to blur or to make your vision difficult is never a good thing. And as we look at Matthew chapter 7, of course, we could probably say most of the world know what verse 1 says, but I probably can't tell you for a lot dependent on it. What verse 2 and following says about judging. Because the Bible actually has a lot to say about judging because throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, you find judgments in various forms laid out by God time and time again. You find the apostles making righteous judgments. You find Christ during His time on earth making righteous judgments. You find all those men and women of old in the Old Testament, those godly women, those great examples, and, and those men who made righteous, godly judgments. From beginning to end, the Bible is filled with judgments in various forms. But we're going to notice for our time together in Matthew chapter 7, uh, looking at verses 1 through 5 here. But the Bible tells us here, gives us this illustration about judging, gives us illustration about the speck and the plank, or as the King James says, the speck and the beam. I like the beam better because the plank is not quite as big as the beam. And for, for us, I think, as humans sometimes, to realize it's not a plank that's in our eyes, it's a beam that is in our eyes. Looking at verse 1 and following in Matthew chapter 7, we'll begin here in verse 3. It says, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but not consider the plank, or the beam, in your own eye? Now, a speck is a matter that is small enough, someone would have to look very closely to find it. You know, when you get a speck in your eye, sometimes it takes you a while to get it out. It's kind of like that splinter in your hand. If you can't, unless it's really large, you have to look very closely to find it. 
And that's the idea we find here in verse 3. We have these individuals who are looking so closely at everyone else's life, but they forget that there's a beam, but they don't notice the beam in their own eye. You notice here in verse 3, it says, Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? Keeping in mind, this is not, as we're going to go through this, this is not condemning making righteous judgments, as again, we see that throughout the Bible. But what we find here instead is that we have to make sure we're not those who are looking at everyone else's small, we might say, speck-like faults, while we are not looking at our own lives as well. Such matters, when you think about specks, are often, at least when I think about the speck in someone's eye, I think about something that's a personal struggle, of which few or no one is even aware of. Because when things become public, they're no longer a speck, they become a plank. They become a beam for others to see. But we look here at this speck, the idea is very clearly, he says, why don't you look at the speck in your brother's eye? Now, sometimes I think we're not careful because uh, maybe we want to not think about our own problems or our own shortcomings. We want to look elsewhere. And so we find here in verse 3, he says, why don't you look at the speck in your brother's eye? But notice this, but do not consider. That is, you do not think about the beam, right, or the plank, he says, in your own eye. We notice if we look at Luke chapter 6, we find here the beam is also mentioned, or the plank, depending on what translation you're looking at here. But if you look at Matthew 7 verse 4, he says, Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Are you going to trust a one-eyed eye surgeon? I'm not. I'm not going to trust a one-handed you know, heart surgeon either. Those who have problems with vision, I'm not going to allow them near my eyes. And that's what we find here in verses 3 and 4. When we have problems with our own vision, we have to be very careful. We're not looking elsewhere to take our mind of our own faults. Obviously, sin can be clearly seen. As we find here again, Christ is saying here in verse 4, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. It would be hard to listen to someone who is guilty of the same sin that you are guilty of, condemning you while they're doing exactly the same thing. I've never seen a drunk rebuke another drunk. Not for sin, maybe for something they said, you know, because, well, they're a drunk, right? I've never seen a drunk do that, call someone to repentance. Another drunk. And the point I'm making here is we have to make sure when we're looking at other people and trying to, if we're trying to genuinely help people, we can't be guilty of the same things they're guilty of currently. Notice here for a moment as we continue thinking about this beam and the speck, the beam and the, the speck here, the plank and the speck, the guilty ought not to judge others. Now, I'm going to put this in context here. Don't misunderstand me. Guilty sinners ought not to judge those who are doing the same things that we're doing. If you're involved in fornication, you shouldn't be condemning those who are in fornication because you too need to repent, right? We cannot condemn others of errors that we ourselves are committing. Notice that's present tense. If it's part of your past, it's not the same thing, is it? We can't look at others and say, well, look, you used to do this. Why are you telling me I shouldn't do this? You used to do this. Well, that's the point, isn't it? Used to is past tense. 
But committing is active. It's present. You're doing exactly the same things that they're doing. We may be able to understand those who are struggling with sin that we have struggled with in the past, but they must be a part of our past and not part of our present. Again, I'm not condemning judging. The Bible clearly shows we must judge with righteous judgment. But we also must make sure we examine ourselves. Then we're not condemning others of things that we ourselves are currently doing as well. We can help our brothers much more uh, easily when the beam is removed from our own eye. And so what we find here in Matthew 7 is that hypocrisy is condemned. Not judging, but hypocrisy is condemned. Hypocritical judgment. You look at Matthew 7, and this won't be on the screen, Matthew 7, verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. Why? Why does he say you shouldn't judge others? Well, look at verse 2. He puts it in context, right? For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. If you judge others a certain way, that's how you're going to be judged. Would you want others to judge you the way that you judge them? As you look there in verse 2. He says, and with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. And then we find verse 3. Here he starts talking about the speck and the plank. We must not be those who are guilty of, of, of uh, hypocrisy when it comes to judgment. We must not put the magnifying glass on the sin of others when, we, when our own sins can be seen from space. The best thing we can do is examine ourselves to make sure that we are right in the sight of God. And we do so not by our own standards. Some will say, well, I examine myself every day. I think I'm doing pretty good. If we ask them sometimes, are you really looking at what the Bible says? Or are you examining yourselves based upon your standard? We must not put the magnifying glass on the sin of others because we'll forget the sins in our own lives. This is not to say we cannot judge others righteously. We must keep a close eye on our faults, though, as well. We must remember if we're going to help others, we have to take care of ourselves as well. We can help others more quickly and more easily, you might say, and better when we ourselves are keeping ourselves right in the sight of God. When it comes to being a hypocrite, Christ warns us not to be one of them, right? We find that in Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 6, really all of them in the mount, when Christ warns us over and over again, do not be like what the hypocrites, right? Don't be like them. He says, this is what the hypocrite does. They have all this in their life. He says, it's like a beam in their eyes, and they're going around looking at everyone else's speck in their eyes. We're not to be like that. We're not to be like these pretenders who are pretending to be holy while ignoring their own sin. You go back and look at Matthew 7, 1 through 5, and look at this in its entirety. Notice again with me, if you will, what Christ says here. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what, judge, judge, uh, to me, with what judgment you judge, you, it, you will be judged, and with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look at plank as in your own eye? Hypocrites, verse 5, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And you notice Christ doesn't condemn trying to be on the lookout for others, but he tells us how to do it 
the right way, right? First, remove that sin if it's in your life, right? Make yourself right with God. Examine your life first. And then he says in verse 5, what? Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. The things for us to think about today is we must strive to avoid hypocrisy. Sometimes we don't realize it until after it's happened we think, you know what, I shouldn't have said anything because i got no room to talk. Right? That's a phrase I use a lot. i have no room to talk on certain things because I struggle with all types of things, just like any human would, right? We all have areas in which we struggle with and things we have to try to improve on, areas in which we want to uh, build upon. But we cannot be blind we cannot be blind to our own faults. The best way we can help others is by realizing first that we too have faults. I remember years ago, a brother was talking about uh, when you're talking to a non-Christian who's involved in something, and maybe it's something that you once were involved in, or maybe it's a way of thinking that, they, that you used to be involved in. He used a phrase, and he said, he said this way, I understand how you feel, I once felt that way before, but after studying the scriptures, this is what I have found, which is a feel felt found is what he's talking about. When we think about today those who are struggling with sins that we have that we in the past have also struggled with, we can use the same idea. And we know how you feel. We're not trying to condone sin when we say that. We're saying, look, I've been where you are. I once have felt that way, or I once used to do those types of things as, as well. But when I study the Bible, this is what I have found, and then this is what I should be doing. That's how we can approach others, or one way anyway, without being a hypocrite. We must be self-aware before we can be aware of the struggles of others. We have to make sure that we are doing our very best, that we do not have the same speck in our eyes that now has become a plank because we're trying to pick it out of someone else's eye. We must strive to avoid hypocrisy. We must be the right kind of help. The right kind of help. Blamelessness, as we think about this idea also, is not required for perfection. The wise and blameless can help those who are struggling with sin. The wise and the blameless, not the, not the sinless, but the blameless. The blameless are those who have struggled with similar faults as well, but have repented and have changed what they need to change. Therefore, they have become blameless. The wise and the blameless can help those who are struggling with sin. A drowning man attempting to save another drowning man will not be successful, will they? We're drowning in sin. How much help are we going to be to someone else who's also drowning in sin? Not very much help at all. We must make sure that we are examining ourselves that we are always trying to be better uh, tomorrow than we were today and be better today than we were yesterday. We must help from a point of a helper brother in Christ and not a hypocrite with a microscope. We must have the proper attitude. You go back and look at Matthew 7, looking at the latter part of verse 5, what does he say? And then you will see clearly to what? Not to promote not to shout out, not to boast about, not to blaspheme, not to mock, but the speck in your brother's eye. He doesn't say that, does he? He says in the latter part of verse 5, then you will see clearly to remove the speck. You will see clearly to be able to help your brother and sister in Christ to be what? To be a better 
servant of Christ, to be a better person, to be a more faithful servant of God. One of the aims of the Christian, or for the Christian, is to help one another get to heaven. Hypocritical judgments are only a stumbling block. Again, we, want, we don't want to be a stumbling block. We want to be those who are trying to help others. Because if you think about, for example, we know that the Apostle Paul tells us to examine ourselves daily whether, whether we are in the faith. That means whether we are doing what is right and good in the sight of God. He also tells us to test yourselves, right? What does that mean? That means that when we start them every day, or maybe even different times throughout the day, we stop and we think about our actions. We think about our thoughts, which is a deep one. Actions and words are tough, but our thoughts are the hardest one of all because they don't have to come out in the form of actions or words. They can corrupt us without ever making a sound. And so what do we do? We examine ourselves. We go back and we remind ourselves what Christ tells us to do, to avoid being like the hypocrite, to avoid being one of those who are trying to just to point out the errors of others. Instead, that we are trying to do what? Help one another. Think about this for a moment. How would you want a brother or sister in Christ to approach you when it came to a sin in your life? Would you want them to come to you in a humble way, in a truly helpful way? Or would you welcome them gladly with their haughtiness and with their arrogance and with their hypocrisy? See, one is much, easily, much more easily received, while the other is probably going to be outright rejected. You know, as we go back and look at Matthew 7, as we think about what Christ is trying to help us understand, we must be those who are not a hypocrite. We must be those who remove the beam from our own eyes or the plank from our own eyes. If we go to Luke chapter 6, and this won't be on the screen, but Luke chapter 6, Luke many times is known as the one who uses a lot more, I'll say detail, but a lot more specific uh, when it comes to, to uh, different types of things, he, the, him being a physician. But in Luke chapter 6, Luke also talks about the idea of judging. We look at Luke chapter 6, and looking here at verses uh, 41 and 42, he says, And why don't you look at a speck in your brother's eye, but not perceive the plank in your own eye? And that's the New King James. Do not perceive the plank in your own eye. That is, you don't recognize it. You know, when all the ice and stuff happened, the first, that first Monday, I didn't know it. It was, it was black ice out there, so I got out early in the morning like usual, and I just took off until I got down the 88 by the power plant, and the truck did this, and I realized that's not normal. And Well, later, what I found out, well, there's black ice on the road. I didn't perceive that it was there. Why? Because I didn't look close enough. The planks in our eyes can be like that black ice that we miss because we don't look close enough. You look back at verse 41, he says, But you never perceive the plank in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your eye? And he tells us again, Remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. We have to think about, when we think about this plank and the speck, we also have to think about who we're trying to help. This isn't just, we're not talking about necessarily a worldly person because he uses the word here, brother, right? He's talking about other Christians. 
We have to think about who are we trying to help? What is our goal in all of this? It's to get to heaven, right? And to take everyone else we can with us. But we can't do that if we're playing the hypocrite and trying to ignore our own sin and while at the same time trying to help others. Because that's what Christ is talking about. We find that in Luke's account here in Luke 6, 41 and 42. We find it back in Matthew chapter 7. The same thing. Perceive the plank that is in your own eye. This morning, as we think about these things, I know this lesson is quite a bit shorter than usual. If we think about the judgment that Christ is talking about, if we think about the warning concerning hypocritical judgment, we have to also think about what is at stake if we do not notice the beam or the plank that is in our eye. You know, if we go around looking for specks in everybody else's eye, but we are walking around with a plank in our eye. On the day of judgment, we haven't removed that. What's going to happen? Christ is going to see that plank coming out of our eye, that sin that's there. We don't want to be so busy or get so caught up in looking at the mistakes or the faults of others that we do not notice our own faults. Again, we're not condemning righteous judgments. We find out throughout the Bible we want to make sure we are making righteous Godly judgments, doing things in the right, judging in the right way, that is, in accordance to what God's Word says. We think about specks and planks, sometimes I also think we get a little bit confused. A speck or a plank is a sin that goes against God, not a transgression of someone else's opinion. It's not a transgression of someone else's tradition or someone else's long-held idea. It's a transgression of God's law. You'll notice when he talks about the plank and the speck, both times he talks about removing it. Because neither one can stay, can they? The plank and the speck, they both have to go. So this morning, as you think about these things, we can encourage you or help you in any way. We'd be glad to do so. As good as we stand and sing the song that's been selected. Oh, to Jesus, I'll...